So I'm not panicking completely, but there are a few things I'm just a little concerned about before the transfer portal opens on Monday. Also, we dive into the mailbag, and yes, as if you haven't gotten enough opinions on the college football playoff, well, yeah, I'm going to have some as well. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. That's why LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college. Terms and conditions apply. Spartan friends, Spartan family, locked on Spartans listeners. Hope you had a great weekend wherever you got to celebrate it as we go. God, into the final month of the year. This has flown by. But hey, thank you so much for kicking off your weeks. Let's hear locked on Spartans. If you ever want to reach out, Locked on Spartans at gmail.com. We're going to get to some mailbag questions here in the second segment. Or you want to reach out on Twitter, Sheehan underscore sports is another great place to do it. And before we get any further into the show, hey, please rate, review, subscribe, give us five stars on whatever podcast platform you're listening to. And above all, just do whatever makes you happy. If, if none of that makes you happy, then who am I to you know dictate how your life should go? All right, we're going to get into the mix here because look, it's been a joyous few weeks, well, a week and a half-ish, here in East Lansing as, you know, the coaching search finally came to an end. A new chapter of Michigan State football finally started unfolding here, but this is going to be a big week here because Monday is the official opening of the transfer portal, and that might sound incredibly confusing because, hey, haven't 15 Spartans already announced that they are going into the portal? Yeah, of course. And hey, there are a lot of other people, not just Michigan State players, but, you know, former players from across the country that already know where they're going to go. But the official opening is Monday. Now, as you know, happy as we've been the last few days in the Jonathan Smith era, there are a few concerns. And I hate to start the week, you know, on such a negative Nancy note, but I just to, you know, let you know where I'm at with this whole thing. Yes, I, you know, believe in the vision of Jonathan Smith. Yes, things can get fixed in the transfer portal. And yes, I feel like not maybe necessarily next year, but in a few years, we're going to see Michigan State back at a very healthy place. But what concerns do I have going into Monday? Other than the fact that, yes, 15 players already announced their intentions to go into the portal. Specifically, there are two positions that I am uh, a little nervous about here. And the first one is going to be the offensive line. This is first concern number one that I have. Because right now, as things stand, you have Brandon Baldwin, Gino Vandenmark, Ethan Boyd, Kevin Wigginton, and Spencer Brown all in the portal. Okay, those are five guys with, if not starting experience, well, then some heavy playing time experience as well. You also lose Nick Samak, J.D. Duplain, two guys that were once again Big Ten honorable mention players. They leave for graduation as well. So that is seven offensive linemen with either starting experience or just great experience that you won't have next year. And really, of the guys that you know you saw get some good run this year, it, it's it's pretty much just Dallas Fincher is the only guy coming back. So you have to hit the transfer portal hard. And look, I. We've talked about it up and down all the time, and I still believe this, that, yes, you can throw a lot of bandages on your team. You can fix a lot of problems in the transfer portal, but this isn't like one left tackle that we're looking for. This isn't necessarily like, oh, we just need like two interior linemen. You kind of need like a brand new offensive lineman here. So, yeah, 
it can be fixed. And especially, hey, how many times do people talk up and down about the coach Maholchek hiring, known as one of the best offensive assistant coaches on the West Coast, if not the entire country? Maybe that will draw some people to East Lansing. But that is one concern I have. And this funnels right into the second concern I have. And the news from right before the weekend was Henry Hasselbeck, the only quarterback in this 2024 class for Michigan State. He decommitted. He says Michigan State is still going to be one of his schools, but he has since decommitted. And no, this isn't me pulling every fire alarm just because three-star Henry Hasselbeck decommitted. No, no, no. It goes a little further than that because we all know it by now. All three quarterbacks that played last year, Sam Levitt, Noah Kim, Kaiten Hauser, I'm sorry, the, the three biggest ones. I shouldn't be disrespectful to number four, Andrew Skofar, but the three guys with ample experience, they're no longer here. So here you are. You're like, okay, well, that's the transfer quarterback and true freshman Henry Hasselbeck and then whatever walk-on we have as well. And is Henry Hasselbeck being on this team going to make or break this season? No, ab absolutely not. No disrespect to Henry Hasselbeck. I'm sure he'll have a great career wherever he's going. I just don't think he's going to be the difference between college football playoff uh, in 2024 and not. Why I am concerned right now, though, is that, okay, obviously Michigan State is going to get a quarterback in the transfer portal, right? Let's use Aiden Childs for an example. All right, let's say that the uh, the freshman quarterback from Oregon State enters the transfer portal this week, and he comes here to East Lansing, and we're all happy. Okay, let's go back to my first concern of the offensive line. Uh, what, what if we don't fix the offensive line? just like that in the transfer portal. And let's say that a few months of coaching is not enough for Coach Maholchek to make this Spartan offensive line unit one of the best in the Big Ten, or at least adequate. That means that the quarterback, whoever it is, could just be getting murdered for all 12 weeks of the season. Okay, let's say that after getting battered and bruised behind a patchwork offensive line that Aiden Childs, God forbid, he's, he's injured now, and we're not even out of the month of September. Okay, what, where, where, where do we go now? Are we going to start pulling kids from the student section and have them play quarterback? And yes, again, you can fix things in the transfer portal. But I think it's worth bringing up that it is hard to convince a transfer portal kid who, by the way, many of these quarterbacks like to enter the transfer portal because they were not happy to be a backup somewhere. So you're going to recruit them here to be a backup here too? And sure, you could advertise it as, yeah, it's going to be an open competition but if it's a guy like Childs, for example, that like, hey, everyone knows that he's going to have the starting job, that's going to make it tough to recruit a guy just to come here and essentially wear a baseball hat and hold a clipboard. Guys, like, it, it, we, are, we are living on a razor's edge right now. If, if it were to unfold like this, again, this is not me saying this is how things are going to happen, but there's a very realistic shot that the offensive line does not get enough starting caliber players and that we only have one starting caliber quarterback going into next season end. Excuse me for being a little nervous about that after seeing quarterbacks just fall left and right this year. And just, uh, <laughs> anyway, third concern that we have. And before I actually get into the concern, let's announce this news as well. Another Oregon State assistant coach will be joining Jonathan Smith's staff. This is going to be all right. Here we go with a good pronunciation here. Lengi Siunoa, Siunoa, Ligi Siunoa. Okay, I, I try my best. I'm so sorry. He's a defensive lines coach, and this is from Spartans Illustrated. Go subscribe to the fine folks over there at Spartans Illustrated. They write, in 2023, the Beavers ranked second in the Pac-12 in sacks with 36th and fifth in the conference in rushing yards allowed per game at just 104.1. Prior to his stint at Oregon State, he was a defensive coordinator at Hawaii in 2017 and defensive line coach for the Rainbow Warriors in 2016. Also was at Montana. 
Montana from 2011 to 2015 and helped the Montana program to four straight playoff appearances. All right, so look, a fine resume once again, but here we are. This is the concern, is that there are now six assistant coaches coming here from Oregon State. And yes, we've talked about that they have solid resumes. They've shown they can develop players into being all-conference players, if not NFL draft picks as well. But man, what was our like one glaring concern with the Jonathan Smith hire is that he doesn't have any Midwest ties. He's never really been east of Montana in his entire career. But what was the solution? All right, you throw him an assistant pool that is almost as high as Texas A&M's. Like, this is a very lucrative assistant pool to swim in. And I say, hey, let's just throw money at regional guys. That will be assistant coaches here. They will open up doors for recruiting. It, guys, relax. It'll be fine. Now we're up to six coaches, though, from Oregon State. And only one of these guys, only one of these guys, Brian Wozniak, has any ties to the Midwest. I guess you could say Blue Adams as well, the secondary coach. He spent some time at Cincinnati. And, yes, when you start flashing around your, hey, I played and coached in the NFL badge like Blue Adams does, yeah, that can get you somewhere. But we are now up to six guys and then maybe even seven guys already if you count Courtney Hawkins, which I got no problem keeping receiver coach Courtney Hawkins around here. But is this number already at eight because it's pretty much been confirmed that Harlan Barnett's going to come back next year? But will it be for one of those 10 assistant coaching roles? That is to be determined. But nevertheless, most of the staff is filled out. And not only do we not have a defensive coordinator, which we'll get to in the next segment here, but um, we're really lacking guys with Midwest highs here. So that's just the third concern I have is that. Jonathan Smith, hey, again, I love the hire. I see the vision. Great press conference, by the way. But do we have anyone else in your phone that doesn't have a Corvallis area code? Like, do, do, we, have a, do we have anyone you could call that you might be able to, you know, attract with a few extra dollars in their paycheck to bring them over to East Lansing here? So those are my concerns. Rail thin at offensive line. Rail earthen at quarterback right now. And then, oh, okay. I really thought that we weren't going to do this again, where we just use our assistant pool to just, you know, hook up all of our friends with higher paychecks. Kind of like the last head coach did around here. Again, I, this is not the panic button. This is just concerns. I'm sorry to start the week like this, but I, mean, I, I don't think it's worth being ignored. All right, we got more to come, especially in the mailbag. But first, I need to talk your ear off about LinkedIn jobs. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to have as many top tier candidates as possible to interview. That's why you go to got to go check out LinkedIn in jobs. LinkedIn jobs has the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster. And my favorite part for free, it is so easy to just put your job up on LinkedIn jobs that got even a schmuck like me can do it. So what are you waiting for? Do it easily. And also throw the purple hashtag hiring frame around your profile to spread the word that you are hiring. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have time or the resources to hire. So just make it easy on yourself with LinkedIn in jobs. Post your job for free at linkedinjobs.com slash locked on college. Again, gang, post your job for free. That's right, for free at linkedin.com slash locked on college and post your job for free. Terms and conditions, you got that right, they apply. Also, if you want to be the MVP this holiday season team, ticker is where to be at. This is the greatest thing that I have in my man cave or right now my studio. Or, hey, maybe for you, it'll be your bedroom, your garage, your kitchen, wherever you want to hang this team ticker sign, you're going to be happy that you did. Now, for those watching on YouTube, you already know what this is. It's showing all the stats, the AP polls, the weather reports for upcoming games, all the good stuff right behind me. For those listening on the podcast and you're still not sure what I'm talking about, 
It's like any old countdown sign, countdown to kickoff sign, except juiced with so many steroids, you can't believe it. This isn't just countdown the days till kickoff. No, just like I said, it's getting stats, AP polls, news, weather reports. It is the greatest thing to have in your collection. And also, you're going to like this as well for the holiday season because for this holiday season, if you go to teamticker.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN, you're going to receive $50 off of your team ticker purchase. So hook up the Spartan fan in your life. They got the gruff Sparty or just the regular Spartan logo. For this holiday season, if you go to teamticker.com, use promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll receive $50 off at teamticker.com. All right, let's talk a little more about this defensive coordinator because as things stand right now at 3:43 p.m. on a Sunday, and I gotta, I gotta count, I gotta call that out because things move very quick here. So yes, Sunday afternoon, as of now, there's no defensive coordinator hire yet, and with official visits coming up next weekend, Nick Marsh is one of these fine people, and I'm sure they're gonna have some other, you know, guys that you want to recruit here. Might be important that you have a defensive coordinator for the defensive recruits. Before they even get here. So, yes, I fully expect that if not by the end of the day, then at least at the very minimal early this week, the defensive coordinator hire will be made. Now, I got two names jotted down in front of me. You guys already heard me talk about Jim Leonard, the old Wisconsin guy. And, yes, we're going to go a little bit further into the Iowa defensive coordinator, Phil Parker. Michigan State grad Phil Parker. It, 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 it would amaze you how many people don't know that Phil Parker is an alum of Michigan State. That's a nice fun fact to bounce on your uh, Michigan State friends. 60 years old, but may have some more career left. Do you know who doesn't have a lot of career left, potentially? Kirk Ferentz. There have been rumors up and down all season that this could be it for Kirk Ferentz. So when his old pal head coach Kirk Ferentz leaves Iowa, where's Phil Parker? A guy that takes... Oh, God, two-star and three-star recruits and turns them into defensive juggernauts year after year. What is he to do? Could you sway him to come back home to East Lansing with a deal? Now, with that said, I understand how much that's going to cost. Right now at Iowa, he made upwards of $1.4 million this season. And he's worth every bit of that. Again, he's not taking your five stars, your, your blue chip four stars, and turning them into this force over in Iowa. No, he's doing this with not a lot to work with here. So this is where the assistant pool kicks in. Do you want to up it to like, let's call it like a 1.8 or something like that. Somewhere you can put another half million almost on top of his salary to lure him back home to East Lansing. Maybe the fact that they haven't made the defensive coordinator hire yet, and maybe they're waiting for the Big Ten championship to wrap up. Maybe there's something to that, or maybe I'm just going crazy. But another name I want to throw out here is Jeff Choate. Jeff Choate, he is the uh, co-defensive coordinator over at Texas, has been there since 2021, top 25 in the nation at yards per play. And this is a man that has just bebopped everywhere. Like, this isn't a guy with Midwest ties, per se. Uh, he is from Montana Western. That is where he went to school. Um, but, yeah, he has been to Utah State, Eastern Illinois, Boise State, Washington State, Florida, Washington, like that, this is a man whose Wikipedia page is kind of all over the map. It's as if you took seven darts through your eyes and threw them at, a, at an atlas and just seen where they all unfold. So that could be one as well. Maybe he wants to shed that codensive coordinator tag and then move up here to East Lansing. That's just another name to monitor. Uh, but yeah, it's oh god, let, let's just let's just hurry up and make this higher. I, I, I hate to be a stickler, I hate to be Mr. Impatient, but uh, one more piece of news on the defensive side of the ball as well. This could be something, could be nothing, but Jacoby Winman, who we figured was just done here in East Lansing after, you know, a season where 
injuries really got the best of him very early on. It was uh, to say it was unfortunate would be an understatement. But I, on Sunday, he tweeted out, I have another year of eligibility. Now, does this mean that, hey, on Monday, is he going to dunk his name in the transfer portal? Who knows? Or, hey, could he actually return back to East Lansing? We saw Aaron Brule. He's off to the next chapter of his life, declaring for the NFL draft. So the linebacker room may be thin. Right now, it is Cal Halliday. It is Jordan Hall. That's a name to watch out for on Monday. Please don't enter the transfer portal, Jordan Hall. I beg you, please. Uh, but, yeah. Again, like to have Jacoby Winman would be better than not. How about that for some hard-hitting analysis right there? Um, now we're gonna dive headfirst into the mailbag where Papa Dog writes in. Papa Dog, great fan, uh, awesome, awesome. Uh, just asker of questions at lockedonspartans at gmail.com. With the big 35, the transfer portal and NIL changing football to the nth degree, I was not going to renew my season tickets. However, I'm changing my mind for a few reasons. Number one, we have five winnable home games on the schedule if our ticket takers and water boys play well, I would sure hope so. Number two, Smith looks like a good hire. And number three, four wins this season was, in fact, not the worst record in the Big Ten. That's the spirit. That's right. Suck it, Indiana. Now, there we go. Papa Dog writes in, am I crazy? Papa Dog says I am, in fact, crazy. Nope. Papa Dog, you are not crazy. No, no. And I'm not even going to, like, you know, rip you for saying that, like, oh, you're just an old man that doesn't like the way college football is going. As you point out, NIL, the transfer portal, and essentially two conferences uh, moving forward. No, I, I I fully understand why people that are not happy with the way college football, where they stand right now, because I, if I'm going to be honest, like I, I hate where it's going. It's still going to be my favorite sport by bar none. I don't even think another sport's going to be a close second, but yeah, it just sucks. I, I really wish it was how college football was 10 years ago instead of, you know, where we're going on a fast track right now. Anyway, are you crazy for renewing season tickets? No. And I think, you know, the most important point right here is that uh, what you just brought up, it, it is five winnable home games. It is going to be a good start to the season. The middle four games, especially where you have that swing where it's Ohio State and then Oregon back-to-back. -back. Okay, I can do without that. But the, the last third of the season does seem winnable. So th this could be a team that First year under Jonathan Smith, again, they have to shore up a lot of issues in the transfer portal here, but could go six and six, seven and five. And hey, if you stuck around for the last two seasons, God, seven and five and a trip to the Tax Slayer Bowl down in Jacksonville, that, that might as well be Pasadena right now. So no, I mean, it's it's good to stick with the kids here because again, too, it's not like the kids quit this year or they're all mopey and had bad attitudes. Like, no, that... These are also kids that deserve our support as well. Brian writes in, I've been stuck on this thought since Jonathan Smith was announced to be the next head coach for MSU. Would you rather have, or what do you think was the better situation for MSU? That Mel Tucker leaves MSU for LSU or other schools thought he might have hired, and we hired a head coach after that in 2021, or how the Mel Tucker era played out and we got Coach Smith. God, that is so many layers to that question because uh, I am thrilled we have Jonathan Smith. I'm very happy with the hire, but I don't necessarily uh, want to do that again where we have the end to the Mel Tucker era the way it ended with a midnight story about the relations he had with a ex-vendor here at Michigan State. And that that was not good. I mean, not just for us fans, but again, those kids on the team that had to go the last eight, nine weeks of the season – just after that, that's you talk about tumultuous. That's with a capital T. 
again, I love the Jonathan Smith hire, but maybe the 2021 in hindsight especially is the way to go. And we're going to use hindsight again here because, well, what other coaches were even available back then? Kalen DeBoer. All right, Kalen DeBoer, he was at uh, Fresno State for about six minutes after he was the offensive coordinator at Indiana. Obviously, did great work at Fresno, and that's when Washington hired him. I think if Mel Tucker left, that Kalen DeBoer could have been in the folds here in that offseason, or maybe if not for him, let's say Michigan State wanted to go the coordinator route, which if you know we could take the last hire that Alan Haller just made, uh, he wanted a Power 5 head coach. He did not want to go the coordinator route, so I don't even know if this was possible but dip down to Georgia and grab their defensive coordinator, Dan Lanning, a guy who, you know, despite the two games against Washington this year, is doing fantastic work out in Eugene. So, yes, in hindsight 2020, Mel Tucker walks to LSU. We bring in Kalen DeBoer or Dan Lanning like that. That's hard to argue as well. But, again, those weren't the only two names, and who knows how the coaching search actually would have unfolded. Uh, we will never know. All right, I'm going to give my thoughts on the college football playoff here uh, here in a hot second because oh, why, why not? But, first, I need to talk your ear off about fan dual sports. Gang, as the season gets older and colder, hey, the NFL offers stay hot on FanDuel. Right now, new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That is $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. Also for the college football playoff here, Alabama, two-point underdogs against Michigan, and then Washington, four-point underdogs against Texas. Hey, if you're feeling spicy about one of those teams, well, go ahead and wager at FanDuel, America's number one sports book. The app is super easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and so much more. So what are you waiting for, gang? Go visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season. It's FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, because I am a talking head, I am legally obligated to give my thoughts on the college football playoff because everyone else and their cousin has them, you have them. So I'm going to share mine because what what a Sunday. Actually, you know, what a weekend, just as the dominoes were falling in the favor of the Florida State Seminoles. Uh-oh, until it wasn't uh, during the selection show. Uh, look, I'm just going to kick this out of the way right now. The, the committee got it right. The committee got it right, and also it is incredibly unfair. I, I, both can be true. All right, if you think that Florida State at 13-0 not only deserve to get in for you know their record, which is a very valid point, but if you are watching them in the ACC championship game, and you think that, yes, that is one of the best four teams, not one of the most four, four deserving teams, but the four best teams, then you are just simply out of your mind. Uh, they could not get anything done against a Aunt Louisville defense. And what do you watch before that? You watch Alabama. It didn't even look like an upset against Georgia. Just straight up beat Georgia. And I know that they're Iron Bowl. They had to have basically two miracles at the end of the game. There was the muff punt and the fourth and 31 to win that game. But that's college football, baby. Crazy things happen. Hey, us state fans, you don't think some wonky things happened in 2015 to get to the college football playoff? Uh, no, sometimes you are the beneficiary of that. And good teams make that count. And they made it count by capitalizing in the SEC championship game. Now, why do I think they got it right, other than the fact that, hey, Florida State does not look good on offense? If you haven't already, which I'm sure you have, go on the internet and try to find the reaction video from the Michigan Watch Party, who is the number one team in the college football playoff. When Alabama showed up on the screen, 
have the volume up, and tell me that that's a crowd that is thrilled to play Alabama. All right, when Alabama showed up, it's as if they just watched a video of a puppy being run over by a car. The groan in that room was like, oh, 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 Bama. Guys, that's kind of the whole point of what this selection committee is going to do. Gone are the days of the computers and the cultural playoff chair, Boo Corrigan, which is just a great name, Boo Corrigan. Quote, the questions we do ask from a coaching standpoint is who do you want to play and who do you not want to play? Michigan did not want to play Alabama. They wanted to play Florida State. And who could possibly blame them? There are Washington fans begging like, hey, no, we're number two. Florida State needs to be number three. They need to be number three. Because everyone knows that Florida State would have been a bye game. And that is just a beaming result of, hey, it's the best teams make it, not the most deserving teams. All right, because look, if Michigan were to play Florida State, there were advanced lines out there that said Florida State would have been 11 and a half point underdogs. And no, you cannot make Vegas the only reason why you pick and choose these teams. But guys, that 11 and a half points is a lot of points. All right, like it, 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 there's a difference, a 10 point difference actually between Florida State and what Alabama could provide. So again, though, I do feel horrible for Florida State. Like, don't get me wrong here. If we were Florida State fans, if we were Seminole fans, I would not be recording a podcast right now. I would be in a car driving to wherever any one of the college football playoff committee lives and, well, probably getting on the local news that night. I would be irate. I would be furious. But, hey, this is probably the only good part about having a team that's not even in a bowl game is that you don't even care uh, at this point. You are a non-objective observer of what is going on. So that's where we're at right now. But yes, Florida State, it sucks because for a few reasons, obviously the 13-0 record, all right? They deserve to go in. Number two, though, like they actually played a legit non-conference season. They played LSU. They manhandled LSU by and large because of their defense as well. And yes, Jordan Travis, his leg explodes a few weeks ago and the offense is completely dismantled. They do not look the same, but you know what still did look the same? Do you know what was uh, championship caliber was the defense all year round for Florida State? They have some dogs. They have some nastiness. However, that's only one half of the field. The offense was atrocious against Louisville. Atrocious, guys. It, it, it was not good. Now, here's the thing that I really don't get here is that the whole like, oh, well, I guess games don't matter thing. What you should be saying is, oh, results don't matter, clearly. Because yes, 13-0 at the end of the day is the best. But the games don't matter makes no sense because I watched the Florida State games. You are lying to yourself if you think that that is a team that could compete for a national championship. But hey, for Florida State fans, this is the best thing they have going for them right now. And I know that no one wants to hear this right now over there in Tallahassee right now, because look, for two reasons. One is something that we learned from our friends over in Ann Arbor is what's better than winning is getting to play the victim. I mean, look over there, what they've done in, in, in a three-peat Big Ten year. Number one, they're going to win the national championship most likely. But there's nothing that has made them happier than getting to cry throughout all the suspensions, cry throughout all the headlines, and then we'll just be just outright upset throughout the entire season because they get to play the victim. Now, Florida State, you get to dabble in that as well. But here, here's another thing too. Florida State, who, by the way, has Georgia in their bowl game, so this kind of makes it a moot point potentially. But if you win the bowl game, if you go 14-0, and and I'm not even kidding. I'm not trying to do a joke or anything. I'm not trying to be sarcastic. If you go 14-0, and call yourselves national champions. 
Call yourselves national champions. It's that easy. Do what Central Florida just did a few years ago, which I fully support because there is so many national champions that are so bogus throughout the decades of college football. Alabama claims a national title where they went 9-2 and two on the season. There are many years that two teams call themselves national champions. So why not just go 14-0? Raise the banner in your stadium the next year. And I know it probably doesn't make it feel any better. At the end of the day, it's not going to be the college football playoff logo that you get to have by that. But still, just call yourselves national champions. What do you think is going to happen? No, no one's going to break into your stadium, get a crane out, and then dismantle that banner or plaque or whatever you want to put in your stadium to commemorate it. So just do, just do it because we all know what would happen in that first-round playoff against Michigan, let's say, or even Washington. It, it would have been Wolverines 49, Florida State Seminoles probably 13 is my guess. Or let's, you know, I'm sorry, Florida State's defense was good. We'll call it 35 to 13, Okay. The dismantling was going to come with this team without Jordan Travis. But, hey, let's say that Georgia, they want to lay down. Anyone that's going to be drafted is not going to play in their bowl game. Come in angry, come in hot, prove the nation and the college football playoff committee wrong. Go 14-0 and just call yourselves national champions. College football is the most insane backwards sport of all time. You can go 13-0, we just learned today, as a Power 5 team and not play for a national title, they say. Like nothing, nothing makes sense in this sport. We have guys that are entering the transfer portal and already know their next school before the transfer portal even opens. Like nothing makes sense. Just win the game, lift the plaque, lift the banner, and try to live a happy life down there in Tallahassee. That's my advice. Again, I know I don't have a lot of room to talk. My team just went four and eight. It was not fun, but like it's just just from an outside observer, just watching. Just do it. Just yeah. Just who cares? Quite literally, who could possibly care? You know, what's fun is that your rival fans would get very upset. Like Miami fans and Florida fans would be like, oh my God, that's not a real national title. Who cares what they say? Screw them. All right. All right, gang. We will be back every single day this week. Thank you for spending some of your weekend with us or kicking off your week with us here at Locked on Spartans. You guys are truly the best. Love you all. Go Green.